Hey everybody, welcome to episode 262 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson. Rob Cox is with me and there are smiles basically in all of the Golden West. Or what is the Golden West, Coxsmith? Because as far as I'm concerned, Penrith winning 28 points to 12 in the grand final means it's a uh, a very golden Penrith West at the moment. I'd say it's a golden foot of the mountains, mate. Um, maybe not so uh, happy, you know, 20Ks, 15Ks uh, further east. But... Um, the Kings of the West, they did it, uh, as we exclusively predicted a few days ago. We have done a few of these podcasts of Grand Finals. I listened back to it. We were pretty confident. Oh, we were more than confident. You could argue we were Penrith arrogant about the, the result. We were very, like, both scores. So you had 28-14, so you just missed out. I was looking mm. spectacular there in the second half at 26-8, yeah. and then the last try came in um, to sort of stuff me. Uh, but you've just missed by two points. The story of this grand final is that Penrith, comprehensively the better team, withstood Parramatta's early, you know, effort at the grind. And from about the moment that Brian Tao scored his first try, this grand final was over. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, mate. Um, yeah, look, I think the, fir- the first opening exchanges for the first five or six minutes were pretty e- equal. Mm. But after that, if you, if you watch the game again, Penrith were making, with that minus a kick, so five tackles, they were making 50 and 60 metres for five yeah. tackles. And then a kick on the end of it had, had you know, Pen- Pen- uh, Parramatta always coming off their 10-metre line. And they struggled to get to the halfway line for so long. Mm. And, you know, and that that's that's a testament to, to how good... Uh, Dylan Edwards was, as well as uh, Tyo and Staines. Um, those guys in concert together were just fantastic for the first couple of tackles every set. And you know, Penrith Penrith really won the bash. They mm. they did not for the first five or six minutes, but no. they kept it up. I'd argue they, that Parramatta kept... were possibly slightly in the ascendancy in the first. You know, uh, you, five yeah, or six you minutes. could argue for that because they've got a bigger pack. You know, mm. they've got 
Regan Campbell Gillard and, and Paulo. But look, you saw the blueprint to beat them last night, and that is to get them to work and work hard. And then from from twenty minutes onwards, Campbell Gillard's runs were nothing, and Paulo at best was getting a pass away every now and then, but not often. And you know, unfortunately, you need your big men to to keep pushing through the middle. And and Penrith owned the middle after fifteen minutes last night. Game was over before. Um... RCG and Paulo finish their first stints. That can't yeah. happen if you're Parramatta. Just can't because no. they've got a rest and you ain't bringing back a score when they're not on the field. So yeah. uh, the the opening stages, uh, we saw the Cleary pressure for two sets, Cocksmith. Mm. The third yeah. the third set, the very, like, the actual third set, watching from the yeah. nosebleeds at Stadium Australia. Reed Marnie took off, but he was not even in the picture by the time that Cleary had kicked it. He'd got to him the play before the set before, gave him a nice little um, roughing over. But the very like third set, you'd have no pressure mm. on Cleary; he can do what he likes. Like, well, you, that's that's when, not, not acceptable. When you come out of marker, you've got to you've got to run fifteen to twenty meters. You've got to sprint fifteen to twenty meters to get to him. And and that wears you down because you, you've just sprinted 15 or 20 and someone like Reed Marnie has then got to back up and be the dummy half of five tackles. Mm-hmm. He's not the man for that job. Correct. Um, it's a back rower that's the, the man for that job. Nia Koro, so, someone like yeah. that who's on there for the first 20 minutes, he has to spend himself and go yep. up to Cleary. That's his and job. That's why, I, that's why I thought Brown would have been a better mm. choice to do that. I think, I think Coach Arthur... You know, as well as Parramatta did, and let's be honest, they were grand finalists. They finished yep. in in front of fourteen other teams. But Coach Arthur made a couple of blunders, I believe, in the final series, um, and one being, in my opinion, not having Nathan Brown as your your hit man. And I'm not saying to go out there and take heads off because you get sent off, then then you got to play with twelve yep. men. But to to go out there and and really empty your tank in that first twenty, and then bring a fresh Madison on or a fresh mm-hmm. Nukore on. To you know, who knows what else is going to happen in those first twenty? But I think you give yourself the best opportunity to bring someone like Nathan Brown, who's quite fit yeah. for a big man. He's quite fit. Empty his tank, all right, and then you say you're done for the evening unless there's an injury. You're you all in is just twenty minutes. There was that, and you know we don't won't go to, won't go too deep into the game yet. Um, but that's what you're right. The game was over by the twenty minute mark, really, and Penrith knew it. All yep. they needed to do was keep their heads. Yep. That's all they needed to do. And they yep. did. And they defended brilliantly. The, the full-time score, which was 28-12, flatters Parramatta significantly. Absolutely. It should have been 28 block. I think where I was I sitting? I was sitting um, – I've got the notes here, sorry. But about the – yeah, 61 gone. That's 28 nil, And we'll go back through the game. But I turned to the people I was sitting with and just said, the number one thing – Ivan Cleary would have asked his team going into this grand final is keep Parramatta to nil. Guarantee that was the that was the main message all week. I mean, it didn't end up that yeah. way, but 60 minutes gone in a grand final, the other team hasn't scored a point. There's a reason you premiers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some, you know, look, there'll be some people argue that the the um the try where um Kikau was tackled by um Moses was a mm. was an obstruction, and I, I don't necessarily agree. I actually, for, for once, I agree with referee Klein, who when he sent it up, you probably didn't hear what he said. You mean for the he first said, one or the second one? Because he did it both times. He ran to the inside shoulder on the first one. The second mm. one, he was on the outside shoulder, um, and everyone in the in the commentate commentary box was saying, "Oh, that's that's not they're going to get it taken off him." But if you look at it, 
Moses gets a when you see the the camera head on. Moses gets a good look at Kikau and just tackles him. And Klein yeah. sent it up and said, Klein sent it up and said um, that he believed that it was a try and he believed that what Moses did was a defensive decision. And Grant Atkins concurred. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, it's a try in the books. But I don't think there's too much. But the only thing that you know, Joey Andrew John said that. It's been a no-try all season. Why should Incor- it be a try in- now? Incorrect from Joey. They changed it halfway through the year. We've been playing on two sets of rules this year. Yeah. They changed so the rules. I, I, just think, I just think when you make that dis- defensive decision and try and milk it, which we know Moses oh. does. <laughs> Moses is a milker. No um, he, he had probably half a metre clearance. If he doesn't actively touch Kikau, Kikau doesn't touch him. He Correct. runs through the line. And he runs through Look, you know, that, that's, uh, that was the second one. The first one I actually thought was more of an obstruction than the, the second one for the exact reason that you said that um, Moses tackles Kikau on the second one. The first one, he actually makes contact with um, Moses in the way that if he'd had that happen in the second one, I reckon they give it no try. Um, but can we just go back quickly to the, um, mm. the first try? A little bit of pressure from Penrith and inside ball from Edwards finds Crichton, who as, as good as... I reckon Gutho was in a beaten team for Parra. He didn't stop trying all night. He's got to make that tackle. He just, he just yeah. tackle. There's not enough space between him and Crichton at the start of that run that excuses yeah. him getting beaten. Yeah, Crichton is deceptively a big dude. Like you don't, when you see him running in slow mo, you see how long his legs are. He's got a big stride. He's exceptionally quick for a mm-hmm. big man. He's hard to stop. Um, not in a Mal Meninga way, but you know, in a in a Greg Inglis kind of a way. Um, Gutho didn't stop trying all night and I, there's nobody that could ever say that Gutho's effort is is lacking Correct. but he's more often than not with, with Gutho it's his it's his execution um, mm. you know there's there's a few he definitely has a few problems um, in the way he plays I'm not really a fan to be perfectly honest but um you know, I, I think you're right. He that's a try that needs to be saved. Um, at least slow him down enough yeah, to so the cover let can the come. help yep. come and get him. Uh, but mate, it was a really good play. Um, <laughs> and and you know, um, who was it that threw the ball to him? It was Edwards and Dylan Brown got got caught watching. Um, yeah, back on the inside. That goes and six I, and nil. I, yeah, sorry. And I think you, I think you'll find that Lane actually tackled Cleary as well. Mm. Um, and he didn't need. He really didn't need to tackle Cleary, and he's yeah. your inside man. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. So it goes six 0 Penrith, and then Tyo scores this try on the left edge. Cleary missed the kick, but even ten 0 you're going as Parramatta got two tries in them because they've thrown a lot at Penrith in terms of their energy in that first twenty minutes, and they've got goose egg. They've had. I don't think they had a. I mean, you might have heard it on the telecast, but I don't remember them having a legitimate set of six inside the twenty of Penrith in the first twenty minutes. I think and, I think you're right, mate. Yeah. And the only moment that I can think of where they got anywhere near that was the uh, Mitchell Moses chase of the kick that um, <laughs> we just had a cameo uh, from the misses out at uh, Camden. I like mm. him. Uh, it's really and- weird. She could have walked around the back of the computer. <laughs> She just wants to so get she on. She's on an episode every year. We don't know about it the other other years, but she's she's on this one. And uh, yeah. basically, it gets to ten nil, and you're just going. I don't know what you've got, Parramatta, because mm. nothing you've tried has got you into the match, let alone into a position to score points. Uh, yeah. Then we have the moment that I'll be honest. Sitting in the stands, everybody there 
Penrith fan, neutral fan, Parramatta fan, shook their heads at, and you have a single guess of what that is at 10 0 down with 21 minutes gone. Remind me, mate. The short dropout from Gutho. Uh, look, I think, I think um, you know, not really remembering numbers, but Parramatta had a five or six dropouts last night. It was a short dropout every time. I, I don't understand. I, I do understand throwing them in there every now and then, but Parramatta needed to go deep and get down and play and play field position. Correct. And didn't. And didn't because the short dropout, you know, even if it's a 50-50, let's say, let's be, I think it's more like about a 25-30% chance mm. you're going to get the ball back. But it's such a low percentage play and then Penrith on the 10-metre line are on the attack again, straight away. They're pressuring well, they, they you straight the away. They the first time. But the upside of catching it is you have to ruck it out of your own end for five tackles. Yeah. What's How's that a benefit? Yeah. No, I don't think deep. it is. I, I think kicking it over the halfway line, <sighs> defending on the 30, and, and you know, hopefully holding them out to 20. Um, you know, it, it's not a good position to be in either way, but I think they never played the percentage plays, Parramatta, last night. They... And I'm, you know, I guess I'm sounding hypocritical because when we spoke earlier on in the week, we said they needed to throw everything they can at Penrith, but those low percentage plays every time end up giving you not much chance. You know, it's just a gut punch. Exactly mm. what I mean. Penrith didn't go for six; they didn't have to. Twelve was enough. Yeah, twelve meant that you know you're, they're going to have to score three times to beat you. Two times they might get it close, but mm. they they're not scoring three times against you, and that that was. Uh, just a decision and he put his hand up and I'm going I'm thinking all through the year and para fans will know better than me they've probably paid more attention but I just don't remember them doing this that often during the season and if this is your big master play in a grand final is to do short kickoffs short, short dropouts when you're down 10 points you might want to rethink your technique 18-0 uh, uh, when uh, who scored the next try Scott Sorensen scored off the, uh, the kick. Nathan Cleary grubber I mean Gutho is in that a little bit in the Mitchell range of, you know, they do try and go up and make that big hit or that tackle in the line and can get caught out. But this is a bad one for Gutho. He's on the other side. Do they, the do they need, does he need to be no. in the line? No. And he, but the worst thing about it, my brother noticed this when we watched the, the highlight thing at the end of the, the night. He goes, Gutho's on the wrong side of the rock. Yeah. It's not even that much of a risk. He's got to go, he's got to go with the ball. Clear he's not, not playing like a, oh, wow, I'll pull out a trump card. No, he's, he's just playing a, I don't know. A ten of clubs or something. That's that's all he needs to get the trick. It's it's not that clear, big a play. Cleary, once he gets into his comfort zone, is the master of playing heads up footy. Mm. He notices everything, um, you know. And, and and you'll you'll notice with Cleary that if a team is really getting off their line hard, nine times out of ten, he's going to kick behind. He's going to. It's 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 footy one hundred and one. If a team's really getting up too quick on you, kick him behind the line. It'll make them think twice about it. But they also didn't have a fullback there. It was, uh, you know, it really was a um, uh, an, uh, his eyes lit up moment. And and Sorensen, all he needed to do was run through and get to get on the ball. So um, that was a very simple rugby league try, but um, well, very well executed by Cleary, who I thought so had I think, a really good game last night. Yeah, I thought his kicking game was the only thing that probably let him down from a long perspective. I didn't think he hit the ball that well throughout the night. A couple of notes in the first half. It's 18 nil. Parra did have one last chance before halftime and lost the ball on yep. the second tackle. Yep. Yep. It wasn't so much you had to get a try out of that, it would have been glorious for him, but it just sort of said, oh, we don't really have anything. The other part yep. of it was I noticed how quiet one end of the ground was, unsurprisingly. And the one thing that really struck me about Parramatta's tactics beyond the short dropouts and um, the like is 
what was wrong with kicking to, to Charlie Staines last night? Was there a problem? Was there a reason that he kept kicking to Tyo and Edwards? Because Mitchell Moses... Like, well, because he kicks on the right-hand side of the ruck. Insanity. That's where he's going. He's either going to the middle or to the to the right or to their left wing. But it's, the, the whole first half, it's just the same thing. And you're basically bringing Tyo and Edwards running game into the match. I don't, I don't get it. And the one person that you hope you probably kick to that wouldn't hurt you as much on the kick returns would be Charlie Staines. So I don't know how that doesn't work. And the well, first set is... of six after half time, Cocksmith, guess what he does? Mm. Mitchell Moses down the short side, kicks to Brian Tyo and Edwards again. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that yeah. happen? This is the thing about Mitchell Moses, mate, and I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, and there'll be Parramatta fans who are going to say, you don't know what you're on about, you gronk. Mitchell Moses is a flat-track bully, right? When things are going his way, he's very good. When, when, when momentum's going his way, he's very, very good. But to think that you can't put yourself on the left-hand side of the ruck and kick to stains, he he's always kicks from the right-hand side of the ruck. Always. Why can't he cede to Dylan Brown for once? Why has he got to be so? I don't know. I want to do it all. I'm not like, sure. Do, can Dylan was Brown kick? Plan. It was clearly the can, game plan. Can Dylan Brown kick? kick I don't know because I've never I've, I've never seen to him bring kick. someone into the game. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, to me, to me, they they weigh very much heavily on Moses, and you know he's the highest paid player in the team. Um, and they keep going to him, but I really don't think you know. This is this is the other this is the other thing. You know, let me just digress for a moment. Yeah, they're talking about Tigers are talking about possibly bringing Moses home. Why would let's, you? let's save that for the recruitment whispers, mate. That's 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 why off season. Would you? <sighs> and and Tigers, by the way, let me digress even more down a little rabbit hole. Tigers are the only club on earth that see Luke Brooks as their number one signing. Um, uh, basically, it's it's their priority to get the number one signing is Luke Brooks. Their plan B is Moses and Munster. <laughs> what are they smoking at Concord? Uh, Honestly, just tell. Please tell me why. I, I what are they smoking? A, I don't put the same stock in the, what the news reports say about that stuff. You know that. Um, what um, are they smoking? Uh, well, they're they're looking for clicks. That's for sure. Not the footy show. Show. Look, they're a very good team. They played very well the first half. Um, they played too fast for us, and yeah. Um, yeah, look, we're, we're disappointed. But I just said to the boys, look, right now is not the time to try and review that or dissect that game. We're just beaten by a better team. Um, they were too good for us tonight, and I'm extremely proud of the team, the staff, the club. Um, it's a tough road to get here, and, and maybe you know the tough road took its toll on us. But um, no big achievement. It's something you know we're not just putting the cue in the rack and um, saying we're content with that. But yeah, I just want to focus on how proud I am as, as the guys, as individuals, and as men. How yeah, good men they are. Let's so say we changed a couple of little things. Um, um, this week, uh, not, not not a lot, but we definitely learned um, just around distractions and stuff like that. Uh, to the boys' credit, they they nailed every training session, uh, which is pretty much what they've done most of the year. Honestly, I can't even think of a training session where I came off and wasn't happy. And that's what, yeah, the way you train is how you play. So.
it's just the credits are over. They're just so consistent. Yeah, I believe their egos at the door and they come in and they just they all get on well but they do everything for the team. And that's good things happen. Half time yeah. came and went. Uh, half time entertainment was, was okay. I didn't watch it. Who who entertained us? Uh, a couple of uh, activations, a couple of kicks for goal where the half the people doing it couldn't kick it three meters. So that made it really why, exciting. Why why are they doing? It? There's eighty two thousand people paid for tickets. Why can't you put an entertainer on? Why are we doing relays and have, kick for goals? not like we didn't have Jimmy Barnes. and They had a stage set up at the end of the ground they could have used. And I'm, I, I just don't I Look, half-time entertainment is that. It's just it's there. You're generally talking or you're lining up the third or, yeah, but it's, or whatever. But, 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 but the whole, hold on. It's a grand final. It's a big match. It's, let's compare our grand final with the Super Bowl, please. Mm. You know, why, why can't they fork out another 50 or 80 grand and get somebody in to entertain the at least so the fans feel like they've been entertained. Watching a relay or watching a, a goal kicking contest, that's for that's for bloody uh, you know, Penrith on a Thursday night. Penrith bring out the little you know, kids if you're gonna do something like that. Give us something to get excited about. Uh the other thing well, that was yeah. interesting was they did a couple of random acts of, like before the NRLW game in the middle of the day where no one's really paying attention. Just push them into the halftime. Do some do something where because once that light well, the light goes and the um, yeah artificial light kicks in, yeah, it's an atmosphere builds. And Jimmy Barnes was great. Uh, that did the trick. Yeah, I watched got that. us going. Uh, yeah. So halftime comes and goes. Uh, second half, it's just it's just here we go. And uh, you know, I think uh, Tyro scored again just after halftime on that play we said before around the Moses tackling thing, and that made it twenty two nil. Uh, then we had Parramatta's le- little little jump in the game. It was too late anyway. First, we saw the Isaiah Papali'i crusher not get penalised. I don't care if he meant to do it or not. That is a crusher every day of the week. And for them to mm. change the rules come grand final time is just ridiculous. And, of course, then now the other team loses their player to a HIA, which didn't even happen on the um, – I don't think it even happened on the actual crusher, but it's a clear crusher. This has to happen. Who Did was it? Who did he do it, it on? Uh, Tungo. Tungo went into the line. Right. He, he kissed Marnie's shoulder with his nose and then yeah. Papaliti came over the top. Dylan Brown's first run that I noticed was in the 55th minute. Then a minute later, Mike Sivo drops the ball over the line and uh, officially the moment that Parramatta fans started getting up and walking out of the ground. So 56 minutes of the grand final in 2022. All hope mm-hmm. was lost. Uh, then we had the Dylan Edwards tackle on Bailey Simonson. It is a great tackle. It is fun to watch. It's what fullbacks should be doing. My first thing I said to someone sitting next to me was, I'm betting the next 15 minutes all you hear from the commentators on TV is, oh, it's Sattler, Sattler, Sattler. Am I correct? They said it. They said it. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it's it's a fair enough comparison. It's just don't put it in the same category as that tackle. Um, for a start, that game was on, on the line. This one, it's 22-0. It's over. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. that pretty much etched Dylan Edwards' name on the uh, Clive Churchill medal, and then he set up Charlie Staines a couple of minutes yep. later to absolutely yep. secure it. But before we go off on Dylan Edwards, a couple of special mentions. I thought the best player on the field in the first half was Liam Martin. When the game was still um, him and yeah, Isaiah I'd agree. Yo, I'd agree. Like, him did and Isaiah Yo were outstanding in the first half. Yeah, they both did very much a big, big lot of the hard work for sure. Uh, a couple of Liam, just, Martin, yeah. Liam Martin is uh, is next level. 
really he is. And, uh, you know, we, we both know that he's probably going to be leaving Penrith at the end of next year because he's going to get a big offer. Yeah. Um, and I think every team in the comp could use someone like Liam Martin. Do you see Liam Martin now ousting a Hudson Young or a Sean Lane from the Kangaroo squad? Yes. No performance. Someone's going to miss out. He, he thought probably that was a week ago. Probably Sean, Sean Lane will probably miss out, yeah. I'd say, because Hudson Young... I think he's going to be very fresh and I think he's the future. You know, um, Sean Lane's getting a little long in the tooth and even though it'll be a nice um, gesture, I think uh, Mal needs to build the team uh, around people that want to be there and want to be there for a while. Uh, what's the 20 minutes to go? It was 28 nil. Were you thinking Manly's 40 nil record was under threat or not? Uh, no, I, I felt that Penrith just were, were, thinking about after the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's probably what got power their two tries. Although I do admit, I'll tell you one thing Isaiah Papali'i is very good at, because he was involved in both mm. of them, is the no-look pass. Yeah. Um, and, and not a no-look pass in a st- strategical way, but a running pass to somebody who's supporting him mm. and just pearlers of passes. Very, very good. I, I think the second try, the one that um, Jake Arthur scored. <laughs> hey, didn't we, didn't we the- predict that? You did, you did. It was almost the same scoreline too, you know. <laughs> it wasn't my uh, tweet, remember. I, I, I saw the no, tweet I and I recounted the story. I, I saw it got but, retweeted last night, so well done. So I think it's Seagull Spurs, the guy who tweeted it. But probably um, yeah. was involved in both of those. The second one was prettier. Um, lovely try. It, it, yeah, it was a really good try. Um, but too little too late, Parry. I mean, to score a pretty try like that for, for a show reel or something would be lovely, but it means nothing when you really... Deep down, footy players know that they they should have been held to zero, and yep. Penrith were probably thinking about spraying champagne around a dressing room <laughs> more than trying to hold them out. The one text message I got through to you all night, the mm. uh, the um, reception at the top of the stance was like I, my phone was not working from a yep. you know, connection point of view from about five pm, but I just yep. said this game needs more Jake Arthur, and you come 100%. through with time for Jake Arthur, and then he scored yeah. a try like two seconds later. <laughs> Get Jay oh, Arthur on. <laughs> Jay mm. Arthur. Uh, 28 to 6. I'm thinking I've come so close to the score at 26 8. And then that Jake Arthur try got you pretty much bang on at 28 12 from 28 to 14, which was your guess. Mm. Marnie's last role as, a, as an eel is getting replaced with five to go. I didn't love that. I thought he probably deserved to stay on the field for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I think he was one of their better players. Exactly. So, yeah, uh, Gutho, I thought, was there, like just the he was their effort for the night, but they just were out of class. That's the, the long and the short of this, Cocksmith, is that I was thinking about what's a comparison to something that people might remember growing up, but I'm thinking a little bit like Brisbane 93 in that they won in 92 as the as the favourites. They should have won it. Um, they got through. They gave um, – the Dragons gave them a bit of a um, contest in the first half of that grand final. And the next year it was on a different system under a final five. But what people don't remember about that is that the Broncos finished fifth, but they were like two points from second. So it wasn't like they'd had a bad year. Mm. They ran the table in that final series. The Dragons looked really good in their two semis and they got to the grand final, even though the score was close. Brisbane never lose in that grand final and they defended their crown. This felt like very much like that. Penrith, Mm. just you knew the game was pretty much gone and they're quite rightly back-to-back premiers, mate. Back-to-back premiers, mate, and and very much deserved given what they'd done all year and what they did in the finals. Very clinical. Um, you know, they, they just look like a team, because they are, they look like a team that, that have been together for a long time. Yeah. Um, they're well coached, um, not only from Ivan, but from the assistants there as well, obviously. Uh, and, 
I think they deserved everything they got, mate. I, you know, which is to be minor premiers and premiers in in a dominant, a very dominant year. Yeah, pretty similar to last year. Mm. You know, so the only thing in in last year they hiccuped in the finals. Well, last bit. year I thought actually Melbourne were arguably as good, if not better, during the regular season than Penrith. They had it; they were phenomenal Melbourne last year, and then they hit, got beaten by Penrith in the prelim. There wasn't really a contender to them this year. There just really wasn't. You didn't ever get the feeling that the Cowboys were going to really stand up in September. Same with the Sharks. And yeah. Eels got there. And, and the thing about this for Parramatta fans is, look, it's disappointment. And as I said, the, cr- the crowd was pretty much out of there by the 65th minute. They were Parramatta yep. fans. But you just sometimes you just got to, you know, doff your cap and say, just too good. It's... It's just what it is. You get to a grand final. It's not. There's no moment in that game, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Parramatta fan, where you go, "What if?" There's not. No, there's not. There's no. There's no moment, mate. It. It was really a a, a bunch of moments strung together in the first 35 minutes of the game mm-hmm. that sunk Parramatta. Um, and there was nothing they could do about it. There's nothing the coach could have done about it, even with, you know, I think, um, I think Brad Arthur made a couple of strategical errors in the choice of his team going into the finals. But once you look at who was available for him, there is nothing he could have done, really. Um, yep. It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered if he had a Nathan Cleary on the bench. Nothing's changing the way that that game kind of went about. Um, so, you know, Jake Arthur, some people will whinge, moan and complain that he was in the team and and probably rightfully so. But at the same time, it wouldn't have mattered if Jake Arthur was as good as Andrew Johns or Nathan Cleary put together. He wasn't changing that. No. Um, uh, the makeup of their team as a combination is what the problem is at, at Parramatta. Yep. Um, you know, it can, beat, it can beat sides. It can beat sides, that combination. But can it beat totally. the best side at the end of the year? The answer is no. No. Um, some will argue that Wanga Blake shouldn't have been in the team or is in the wrong no. position. And, and and it's a fair argument. Yeah. But again, he didn't make too many errors last night. He made one at a pretty kind of hinge moment. But even that, uh, you, you can't really hang Parramatta out to dry too much on one performance. It was still 18-0 after halftime when he made that mistake. Yeah. Yes, they scored so, after it. But, um, I haven't looked any stats at all, Cocksmith, and I... Deliberately haven't cool. done this because uh, for me, grand finals and player of the matches should be judged on that feel of what you what your eyes saw. Uh, yep. Happy with Edwards getting it. Uh, I thought the, the probably the scoreline blowing out a bit helped his cause over Liam Martin or Isaiah Yo because you don't look at those contributions in the first half in the same sense if the score's twenty odd to nothing. You look at who yep. who who did the, a few more of the bigger players, which is fair enough, but. If the score had been 14-10 or 14-6, yeah. William Martin well, or Isaiah Yo probably uh, are much more in that conversation. And in the end, um, Edwards rightfully gets it, I think. I think so, mate. Um, I think you're 100% right. If the score is, you know, 14-8 at full time, um, then one of those two players you mentioned, Yo or Liam Martin, would get um, the Clive Churchill. Um, I The only disappointing thing for me in the whole game, mate, um, was the fact that Nathan Cleary came up one inch short for his try. I think he deserved a try. Yeah. I think he he really did. For his year, he yeah. deserved that try. Um, that was probably the, you know, a bit of disappointment. But at the same time, I think, you know, his, his end-of-game speech um, to, or his end-of-game end interview speech was all-time. I think that he's um, – when he's, he's talking about being blessed and being privileged and things like that, 
Uh, I think it's coming from the heart, and and I think he's that's how you do a talk, that's how you you deliver um, a speech like that, and because it's true, you know, these guys quite often are privileged, very privileged, and blessed to to be in a system like something like Penrith, um, and and I, I was I really enjoyed that speech to be honest. Yeah, well, I played it to open the podcast. Uh, okay. Congratulations, Penrith! They won jersey flag, they won. New South Wales Cup, that one, uh, first grade. They win SG ball as well. Yes, four. They four premierships. <laughs> Not too bad. Uh, the New South Wales Cup team smashed the North Devils in the State Cup Championship, but mm. that was apparently the, the story goes that uh, the North Devils had been drinking all week and uh, Penrith had been playing <laughs> opposed sessions to Penrith. Like the Pan- New South Wales Cup team had been doing opposed sessions to the NRL team for the whole week, so no surprises there. Uh, yep. Pretty entertaining NRLW Grand Final. The Knights. As we expected, they got the chocolates against uh, uh, Parramatta, who, who made a bit of a fight for it, but uh, and got run over at the end. Uh, Tamika Upton is just a she's just a fun player to watch. You can just see it yeah. every time she gets the ball. You're just going, "What's she going to do next?" And uh, how, how good see. is young? How good's young Southwell? Oh, seventeen years old. I know. The only thing I didn't like about her performance is that she absolutely laid into the referee once. <laughs> I'm going. Just ease up. Ease up. He's up. You're 17. A little bit of respect. Did you? I actually thought Casey Badger handled it really well because she could have marched her and set Binder for the way she carried on. But she said, did you no. see? Did you see Panthers have applied for an NRLW license? Oh, I have. Have they? Yep. Off the footy show. Bethelia Army Kicker and little uh, Apanisa. Apanisa, how are you, now? You good? Yeah. Yeah. It just you look like you just you're just soaking it all up. Yeah, uh, yeah, just trying to. It's gonna take some time uh, just to sit back and uh, soak it all up. Uh, obviously, it's my it's my last year in Penrith. Uh, yeah, gonna take some time to sit back and uh, reflect on my time here in Penrith. Well, there was a lot of good players out there, but none better than yourself. It looked like you really wanted to finish on on the right note. Yeah, I think um, that was the goal for for myself personally. Um, then you have um, a couple of us leaving, so you know, the boys sort of, uh, we knew we just had to do the same thing that we've been doing the, the whole year. It's been working for us, uh, and that's what we did. Um, yeah, just so happy we could get the win. Um, yeah, for myself, this club has done so much for me, and the only way I could uh, leave them is uh, with, with another premiership, and happy we got the win. What do you think makes this club so special, so good? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people talk about the culture. Um, I think every every club has a culture, but it's up to the people that are in the club to buy into that culture. That's uh, what makes us different. All the boys sort of um, buys into what we what we're trying to do. Um, you don't really know if, if there's a senior player or a player on the, the 30th player in the, in the top 30 squad is talking. Uh, everyone has a say. Everyone listen. Everyone respects each other, and uh, there's no ego in the club. So I think that's uh, what makes this club a great club. All right, go and enjoy the lap, go and enjoy your night, and go and enjoy the week. Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. We'll do. Not the footy show. Show. Uh, we've only got five minutes left on the Zoom, and the Kangaroo squad has just dropped. Fox me. Tell me, who is it? The team is. is... In? No. Go on. Who's, who's not? <laughs> no. And neither Sean Lane and neither Hudson Young. Woo! They both missed out. The team is. Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Patrick Carrigan, Daly Cherry-Evans, 
Nathan Cleary, Lindsay Collins, Ruben Cotter, no Damian Cook, Angus Crichton, Tino Fasua Lamali. Stopped it again. Sorry, buddy. Uh, Campbell Graham, Harry Grant, Valentine Holmes, Ben Hunt, Liam Martin, Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Munster, Cameron Murray is vice captain. Jeremiah Nanai has the one that's beaten out Young and Lane for that other back row spot. Uh, Murray Talangi, uh, James Tedesco, Jake Trebojevic gets in the squad, Jack Whiten and Isaiah Yo. So there's no room for the ones we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast. Um, they're wow. being ousted by Jeremiah Nanai, basically. And Liam Martin's grand final performance has got him in there. How many back rowers have they got? Isaiah Yo, they'll play Trebojevic as a prop. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai, that's two. Liam Martin is three. Tino can play back. He'll play prop, though. Angus Crichton is probably the other one that's beaten out um, those other two. They've picked up Angus How Crichton. How many fullbacks do they have? Uh, this is also uh, Lindsay Collins, the other. I reckon he's the shock selection. I'm really surprised he got in. Um, Ruben Cotters, I guess, pushed out another back row spot potentially, even though he played prop this year. Uh, fullbacks, you've got Val Holmes, you can play fullback. Mitchell can play fullback. Munster can play fullback. Teddy can play fullback. So no Edwards. I didn't think there was a room for him. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to um, go over that. I think our next podcast should be about that. Uh, well, I think if, if people want it, we will definitely talk about the World Cup uh, as it happens. As far as I'm concerned, because uh, yeah, it's an also it's a good time slot where we can do a pod the next morning to recap it potentially uh, what's happened overnight. So that's Kangaroos mm-hmm. World Cup squad. New Zealand's team is really strong as well, uh, and I'm just surprised there's a couple of guys there. I think have have got in, but. I'm not unhappy with it as a New South as a New South Wales Australian supporter. I'm not sitting there going, "This oh, guy should sure. be there because he's a blue or whatever." It's not. Nah, no, it's no, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Even, I'm let's not thinking about that. Let's go. You good. I'm thing. not thinking about being a blue or a maroon. Correct. When the Australian team gets announced, uh, I, I cheer for Cameron Munster um, as you know, as well as any other Queenslander. But quick one. I think we should go through that. Yep. Yeah. Quick one. Uh, is Damien Cook an Irishman? Because he can be. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dylan Edwards might be too. Yeah, let's see. I, I, it might be a few late changes to squads now that the Australian team has been sorted out. Cox Smith, that's episode 262. Penrith, yep. minor premiers, premiers back-to-back. Uh, it's really a question of um, are they back here next year? Oh, well, you'd, you'd, you'd have to say so, mate, but a couple of big losses in kick-out and um, Coruscant. Like we said, um, they're pretty big kind of um, losses. But given the fact that, that Penrith have won all four grades of men's competition, um, senior competition this year, you'd have to say they've probably got a fair few players that are coming in that maybe we haven't really eyeballed yet. Um, we'll see. I'd say they're top four again. They're going to be top four again next year. Oh, unless they're top something, two. They're back in unless the something, final. You know, if, if someone like Cleary does his cruciate in the first round, then you know that could be, but all things being equal, um, you'd think they would be. Yep. Yeah, sure. and I, I will say this: that in a grand final, they didn't have a bad player. They didn't have anybody no. that didn't contribute to their to their performance, and that's a no. sign of, of dominance. What about Parramatta, mate? Are they back here next year? So they're they're losing about six players mm-hmm. um, altogether. No, I'd say I'd say they'll be in the eight. But I'm not sure that they'll make it past week one or two at the best in the finals, given everything being equal, like we said before. A about heck Penrith. of a lot rests on the shoulders of or the knees of Josh Hodgson. If he can get back to some of the form that we saw four or five years ago, yeah. they're a chance. If not, no dice. That's episode 262. That's Rob Cox. I'm Warwick Nicholson. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed the uh, the September... 
hopefully not Swan Song, but the September Soiree, let's call it that, of Not The Footy yep. Show as we banged out a couple of episodes every single week. We'd love a review if you've got time for one. If you've enjoyed this uh, effort through September, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I will leave the cool. final words to the great man, Cocksmith. Go for it, mate. Cool, mate. 2022 season over. I'll uh, talk to you later about the Australian selections, yeah? Absolutely. Pepsi. Not the footy show. Show? Hey, Gus, sitting back watching that, not just tonight, the last couple of years. How much did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's been brilliant. I particularly feel happy for the fans, the Panthers fans tonight. The last two years, COVID affected. They didn't get to see the grand final live last year. So to be here and experience a night like this, for the club to be so... Yeah, you know, resoundingly brilliant on the game day and beat their, their local neighbours uh, so convincingly on the scoreboard. And you see the scenes here, these are the things that grab me, like all these blokes came to us as teenagers, most of them, and now they've got wives, they've got families, they've got kids, they've got houses, they've got cars. Like they've, they've just grown up as a group of players together. One telling factor that I, I saw leading into this game was that 13 of this 17 not only came through the Panthers Academy, but have played 100% of their NRL football with the one club. That's an extraordinary statistic to think that this club has produced not only more NRL players over the last 10 years, but more representative class players over the last 10 years. And this year to win all four of the major senior representative competitions plus the NRL is just a showing that it's just beginning. It's not end, this isn't the end of it, this is the start of it. It really is a strong club, it's set up better than any other and they deserve everything they get. The key to it is having good people. The academy is not the bricks and mortar. The academy is the people who work within it and put so much of their love and time into these players and really help them to, to realise their dreams. The academy is an inspiration for all kids in Western Sydney and Western New South Wales. And it's been represented. Every demographic of our Western Sydney culture is represented in this team, all the way from Dubbo down into you know the heart of uh, the Penrith area and the Blacktown area and all those areas surrounding. Um, it's, it really is a demographic representative of the whole community out there. Not this what you show. Show? You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi. <laughs>